1: Uh, no patience (laughs)
0: none none uh also i'm i it's it's my birthday today and i'm
1: happy birthday
3: man thank you
0: Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A you know off-screen cousin of the Touchline Media Group. Uh, we're like the the uh, brother in that '70s show who goes upstairs and they
2: never see him again. Um, I'm actually pretty sure that's Happy Days. Anyways, uh, it's happened twice, and that's that, I, this is not the point. But Donna loses a sister. Uh, We switch Eric's sister, and whatever Olson brother is Kelso's brother only shows up for like three episodes. Luke
0: Wilson, right. Uh, Anyways, I'm Asa. (laughs) I'm your host, uh, aka The Twig. I'm here, obviously, with my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump. Um, We are here to talk football, football, round ball, pointy ball, hand egg, whatever you want to call them. Um, this episode is brought to you by Blue Wire. Uh, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, the last time they, I listened to one. They put in an ad for the Nation of Canada, who does winter better than America, apparently. But we're excited to hear what they put in this time, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Uh, for all your business law, employment law, family law, construction law needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. We have a great, great episode for you today. We have a guest, the one, the only, Sam Stokes. Uh, the uh, provider of the Yank Report. I'm not. I'm not an owner,
3: creator. Fair enough. Provider. <laughs> I've no one's ever referred to me as the provider, but you know, okay. I'm a little jealous because I really want to hear a Nation of Canada commercial. I've just so, been thinking about what that could be.
2: Yeah. So uh, ASA so far is the only person that has heard this Nation of Canada commercial. So this could just be a figment of his imagination. Come
3: to Canada.
2: eh? <laughs> it's it's to be clear i mean canada could be a figment of his imagination
0: (laughs) we i mean we can't definitively prove that it exists
2: it's just south detroit
0: uh true that's true canada is south of detroit and also um despite the uh the aggression on twitter um i've never actually met a canada soccer fan in person so uh despite the chatter there i i guess canada could be made up um Stay tuned to the next episode when we can confirm or deny that Canada exists. Uh, so um, a nation that we can confirm exists uh, is the United States. Uh, and they had a match of soccer yesterday. Uh, it was a thing that happened. Um, cardio happened for a lot yeah. of folks. Uh, but, uh, but so before we get into the, uh, the specifics, the, the lineups and whatever, uh, Sam, what, what, what were your sort of your, your big picture thoughts there?
3: Big picture thoughts is, uh, you know, it was just an extended camp for a lot of players to get introduced into the national team. I think it was one of those situations where, uh, the game was not as important as, uh, what it was it like four weeks, uh, yeah. of the camp? Uh, how often are, is the national team able to hold extended camps like that? Uh, not very. Uh, so for players like, Jonathan Gomez and even like Aaron Long, who's been out of the mix for a while. And um, Jordan Morris, who's been out of the mix for a while. Caden Clark, Cade Cowell, um, a lot of these youngsters. uh, Brian Reynolds to get that extended face face time with Greg Berhalter uh, as we head into this final year before the World Cup. uh, I I think that was that's probably more valuable than the actual 90 minutes on the field, because, you know, I mean, that was. That was never going to be good. It's you just, <laughs> You're never going to have a good game in, of anything whenever you just take a bunch of guys that don't really play together and just throw them together in a friendly against a bunch of other guys who don't really play together. You know, that's oh, never going to be. Risky, i like to clarify, it's not, a,
2: it's not a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of children.
3: Yeah. They threw yeah. a
2: bunch of children onto a field and said, have fun, guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, a better descriptor because even like the older guys were only like 22, you know. <laughs> And um, so, so while I, I think you're probably
0: correct that the goal here was for people to stretch their legs, get healthy, you know, for Jordan Morris to run around in a, in a coherent uh, structure for four weeks. Um, all we have to go on is the game that happened uh, on the field. So, um, uh, so the, the goalie, obviously Matt Turner, he didn't come out. Uh, that's fine. Um and then the uh, so the the back line it was a, a 4-3-3. Um, the back line was uh, Brooks Lennon, Walker Zimmerman, Henry Kessler, and George Bellow. I think the 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 sort of the headline there is is Brooks Lennon. Um, and Sam, sort of what what did you think about not only his his performance, but his uh selection as the starter at right back?
3: I mean, he's a competent player. That's about what I can say about him. Um, he's uh I remember Brooks Lennon was was the hyped kid for a little while whenever he was at Liverpool, but he never really broke through at Liverpool, and then ends up coming back to uh, to Real Salt Lake. And he's just a what is he like twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Just a a competent player at that level, uh, not not the hype guy like Brian Reynolds would be. But uh, I think in the, in the game he performed about what you'd think he would. I mean, he was. Uh, he was able to get up the line. He put in a really nice ball for, what was it, Jordan Morris, I think, yeah. at one point. He had some nice services. Um, he's never going to be, like, the uh, the next big thing for the U.S. men's national team. But uh, for this type of camp where uh, you don't have, like, the top five guys at that position, I mean, he was fine. I, I know a lot of people wanted to see Brian Reynolds, but Brian Reynolds literally hasn't played soccer in, like, I, 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 don't, I can't months. recall, like. Yeah, it's been a while. He got a game like two months ago. He got like a – I think it was a friendly for Roma. No, they – Yeah, it was a game against like a lower, lower, lower division side that I think they lost.
0: Yeah, they they had him play a Europa League game that um, Josie specifically was was playing to lose so that he could prove a point, and they lost 6-0. And – Spurs gave up a goal. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. He's, he,
3: Brian Reynolds seems to be in absolute abysmal form at the moment. Uh, so I I don't think the expectation for him to play was, uh, was valid outside of just people wanting to see him play. But, uh, yeah, I thought Brooks Lennon was all right. I thought, you know, you, you know what you're going to get out of Walker Zimmerman. He was kind of like the adult in the room. I think if you're going to have a bunch of experiments, you need some controls. And I think Walker Zimmerman and Kelly Costa were those controls on the field. Uh, and outside of that, I mean, there was, there there was a lot of passing the ball around, not a lot of end product, which is uh, oddly kind of what we see from the senior side whenever they're playing. It almost it almost might be a a feature, not a bug.
0: Um, <laughs> so so I I I agree with you about Brooks Lennon. I thought that he was like fine, like yeah, he, he, was he was a guy fine. who was there, and I I mean he he certainly played uh, noticeably, but like he didn't play noticeably well or poorly. He was just like on a lot of balls on a lot of corner or on a lot of crosses that did find their way into the box, but not really at anybody, which, um, you know, if that's the, if that's what we're doing that day, that's fine. But um, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, Henry Kessler was there. I think that's all there is to be said about that. And um <laughs> George Bellow's uh, biggest contribution was that he came off for Jonathan Gomez and Gomez immediately made things happen.
3: Um, well, so. us, G- George Bello had some nice slide tackles. He had some, some nice defensive plays. I mean, we're still waiting to see that uh, George Bello in attack. That's been much rumored. Uh, he also st-
2: had a couple of nice balls into the box that overshot his target by four yards and went directly into the arms of the goalie.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: that was fun. Um, I think, I think like, uh, the, the theoretical George Bellow is really, really great. And the realistic George Bellow is just sort of where we are, what, what, what we're doing here. Um, I don't know if you're, if, if, uh, we really have much to say about that. You know, I think, uh, Greg has given George Bellow every opportunity to be that second left back, um, ahead of Sam Vines and whoever else there is in that, in that discussion, but, I don't, I don't know that he's taken it, but having said that, I don't know that we were going to learn that much from this friendly anyways, because again, um, nothing looked really all that coherent. Um, so in the midfield, um, it was two players who I think we've seen a lot of and, and one who we haven't seen play in this position. So that's who I want to focus on. Um, the midfield was Acosta Roldan and Johnny uh, Cardoso. Um John, I I, I saw it going around that, that people call him Johnny Football, which I find very funny. <laughs> Johnny um, Soccer Man. I think I think calling him Johnny Football is funnier because it, <laughs> because there's like that outside chance that you'll be uh you'll meet someone from Texas A and M and they'll be like Johnny Manziel is playing soccer now and you be like no <laughs> no he's
2: not. Um, although I wonder what position do we think Johnny Manziel would play in soccer? Uh, based on his ego, striker. He's probably striker. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, as a fine. Jamie I Vardy type him. striker, based on his height, probably more than midfield. See, I'm
0: I'm thinking like 5'10, he's got good wheels, uh wants to be yeah, I, I winger. Yeah, I don't I don't hate him as a winger. All right. Um so Johnny Football, however, played as as a defensive mid. Um and I thought that he uh did a lot of stuff um that did not progress the ball forward. Like he has this reputation of having some ability to to play positively and I, I saw none of that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think we were watching this game last night with with our other buddy and um we kept yelling at the screen, like, why are you not passing it forward? Yeah. Um, and and we were watching with with two people who who don't particularly like soccer. And so like you have that secondary instinct to be like, please make something happen so that I don't get yelled at later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> we wasting two hours of everybody's time because
0: like there, there was, there was American football on and we were watching the soccer. And so like if, if every time there wasn't progressive action, you were like, shit. Okay. All right.
3: I think Johnny Cardoso uh, has a reputation uh, because he's Brazilian and he plays in the Brazilian league. And because of that uh, he gets a, a big bump from everything that Brazil has been uh, for the last 50 years in the world of soccer. But whenever you look at Cardoso, the player, I mean, what we saw last night is pretty much what I've seen from him every time that I've seen him play where he's, you know, he's pretty tidy on the ball and he can uh, be a player that receives and finds a pass, but he's not, it's not like he's tearing defenses apart. It's not like he's uh, he, he does often play either uh, horizontal or negative passes. He's not exactly um, a high work rate guy, not exactly going hard into tackles or anything like that. Uh, just kind of a a guy who's kind of there in the midfield, I guess. And, uh, you know, so as far as there, there's like two conversations kind of happening after last night. One is like, how did that player look in the game? And the other is uh, how are they in relation to this senior team, which is like the conversation that I care more about. Right. Uh, so you have a situation like we just talked about with Brooks Lennon, where, you know, he had a competent game. He looked good, but that doesn't make him relevant to the right back depth chart for the senior national team. And that's sort of my th- same thought with Cardoso. We're like, I don't know that he did anything particularly bad. I don't know that he did anything particularly good, but I don't think that he's going to be relevant to the, to the midfield depth chart for the national team as we move through, through world cup qualifying, which sucks because uh, I I think the national team uh, desperately needs nicknames and, and there's just not as a nickname out there. I, I don't think that is as good as Johnny Football or Johnny Soccer or whatever you want to call them. Um, I, I just really appreciate that, and I wish that uh, that could be a part of the group. But as of right now, I, I don't think it's there.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that um, we we really do need to do a better job of of integrating uh, old timey nicknames.
2: I was going to say, every time we give a player a nickname, all of a sudden he fits out of the rotation very quickly. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we've nicknamed Pifo Railroad. We've nicknamed yep. Gizmo. Yep. <laughs>
3: well, it's frustrating when we play, like, Mexico or something like that. And, and you know, they've got Tecatito and they got Chucky Lozano. And, you know, they got all these great nicknames up and down the field. Ache, Ache, And just everybody's got a cool nickname. And then we just got, like... Tyler and Weston well, you know like...
2: Unfortunately, I think that's more to do with Spanish being a much more uh fun language than English <laughs> uh we can just call West ranch ranch boy yeah like like see like the thing is we need to white start, sauce
0: right like we just need we need to start like forcing these nicknames in a little bit you know um like uh I think that we should be calling Tim Weah the Mandalorian
2: because this is the,
0: the way, way up out, yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, wow yeah, that's, <laughs> that's involved. <laughs> I, I'm I'm also not happy that I understood where he was going with that. Um so but 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 speaking of nicknames that we have
0: introduced, um Gizmo did get a run out last night. He um did. go Gizmo. Uh
2: and Who is uh, Gizmo. <laughs> Sam Vines looks like Gizmo. Oh no, I thought it was Jackson Yule was Gizmo. No, Sam oh. Vines is Gizmo. Never mind. But he looks like Gizmo from the Gremlins.
0: Uh, so Sam Vines was not there, but Jackson Ewell was, um, and, uh, Jackson Ewell continues his ability to like be a stand-in for everything that certain people hate about this team. Um, and like at a certain point, it's not, you know, it's not like fair to him because it's like, you're blaming him for a whole host of issues that are structural and endemic. And, um, he's like a 22 year old who's, who's a professional player and he's fine generally. Um, but, uh, so he, he came in for Johnny Cardoso and, uh, nobody really noticed the difference.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know why we're upset about the fourth or fifth choice defensive midfielder that hasn't been called into the last couple of qualifiers. Yeah.
0: He's, he's, he's a, like, he's a, a pretty funny, like Rorschach test. It's like, you say his name and you learn a lot about the
2: person talking, not the person himself. I think you also learn a lot about when people started watching the American national team because uh people have a certain hatred of Jackson Yule started, you know, earlier this summer during the nations league in the in the league cup and maybe a little bit before that. But like anybody who's come in, like we said, he hasn't been in that past couple of camps. So if you're actually just watching the World Cup qualifying, you're like, ah, oh, who's this
3: little blonde devil? He's always gotta be a whipping boy. So he he got to be the whipping boy in this particular camp because yeah. uh, cause Sebastian Legette wasn't there. Had had Legette been there, probably
0: Right. Leget so. Legette um has has the uh, has has as much as he can. The uh Legette
2: is the current example of you can't make fun of him, only we can make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, that would have been a really good goal, Deli Alley. <laughs> Damn it! Um, you can't do
0: that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. Uh, I I I think that uh, Sebastian Legette is is a good example of our pledges. <laughs> uh, so, and then the front three, I think, was the 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 three that um in, at least in the starting lineup, people were most excited to see, uh, which was Jordan Morris, uh, Ricardo Pepe, and Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Um, I thought that Jordan Morris was was bright active didn't didn't look to be too hurt and it's it's tough to to measure him in this type of game but um I'm just glad to see that he's healthy enough to go you know 80 minutes
3: yeah Jordan Morris looked really good man he was one of the better uh attacking performers on the field and I think that that's what you would have wanted to see in this game you would have wanted to see like a Jordan Morris be a man amongst boys um and and I don't, I don't know if we can exactly say that, but it looks like he, he's on track for that. Um, and, and he's going to be one of the players that's very relevant to the uh, national team moving forward because we've seen that even though we've got all these great players, uh, having all those great players healthy and available has been an issue. Uh, and, and we've seen like Paul Areola get extended minutes for the national team um, in World Cup qualifiers. And, and I think Jordan Morris is better than Paul Areola in just about every area um, you can quantify. And he tends to uh, have in product during his games, which is something that the team's been lacking. Uh, and we saw it last night where he he had a really nice header on goal that probably should have been the opening goal, but the uh, keeper was able to make a really nice save. I don't know if yeah. the keeper meant to make that save or he just happened to make that save. But either way, he kept uh, Jordan Morris out. But, yeah, I was really happy to see Jordan Morris uh, get, get a, a run out and, and look quality out there but I was even more excited to see Jesus Ferreira in that winger position and I thought he had a really fun game so I think that
0: actually you know it it worked out this way I I don't think it was like a plan of camp but I think that Morris and Ferreira as the wingers um complemented each other really well because Ferreira maybe doesn't provide the the over the, the the top speed but Morris does um, and Ferreira can, can come in and drop it, uh, like drop sort of deeper and, and play in a quasi ish false nine behind or second striker role behind Pepe, which is what he does for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to put that in, in the national team perspective, that means that, you know, you put Morris in with, with, uh, Reina or Pulisic, that's, that's sort of the same, uh, obligation. It's what Waya does really well. Yeah. Um, and then you know, on the other side, Ferreira can 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 play that role with um, with way on the other side, or uh, I guess with with Aronson. Aronson does it as well, um, and obviously Ariola does it worse than a number of these players.
3: Well, I think we get really caught up in 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 terms and in, in the names of positions. Uh, whenever really, I mean, our wingers don't really operate like wingers; like they're a lot more tucked in um especially recently for the national team it's not like it's not like you see like Tim wayo with getting chalk on his boots you know right. he's he's very much playing inside which is sort of what Jesus Ferreira does anyway. So uh, it makes a lot of sense to have him there. Uh, and I thought, I, I like the way, I, I, I like Jesus Ferreira a lot. I like his game. Uh, I think he's a very intelligent player and just finds passes and finds combinations. And just um, a lot of uh, Ricardo Pepe's uh, production this year came because of Jesus Ferreira finding him in good positions. Uh, and, and I thought he, he was he was exciting tonight uh, or exciting last night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be, he's, he's just another guy. That's like, uh, what is his position? You know, is, is he a striker? Is he a winger? What, what is he going to do? Where can he find a, a spot on the field? You know uh, that's a, a, an interesting question for Greg Berhalter, but I'm happy that he's like an option. Uh, that's, that's just another depth piece. Cause honestly um, I'm, I'm really high on Ferrero. Like I, I don't think that he necessarily should be like in the top five of the winger depth chart, but if we were playing Jamaica again away in Jamaica and we had Jesus Ferreira lining up as a starter, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I think he, he's good enough. Yeah.
0: I think, I think that Ferreira and, and I think that that like what you, what you said there was, was use was, was relevant in a specific way, which is that um like, we, we can certainly have these discussions about you know positions and where do we fit in him. But like, there's a lot to be said for just putting your best 11 out there and and make and they'll you know and trusting them to make it work um so you know if if we have you know three guys who are nominally wingers then you know somebody's going to play out of position but but that's you know what you want to do um and and what you need to do i mean chelsea this morning you know sort of showed it like christian like they don't have a striker who they like in their academy or or um that's available so They just put one of their best players, you know, three best attacking players up there and, and hope that it works out. Now it doesn't because it
1: didn't. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, um, but I, I I like the process anyways. Um, so Pepe last night, um, I, I wasn't really watching him very closely because I don't care what he does against a Bosnia U 23 team. Um, but he, he, he did do a little bit of that thing that he does where he can disappear for extended stretches. Um, not really something I, I need to talk about right now, but something to, to note. Um, and, uh, so the three that came in for, uh, for that group was, uh, Cole Bassett and, um, Jassy Zardis and Kate Cowell. Uh, obviously Zardis um, is who he is he, he helps in certain games. I, I, I don't really want to get into the Zardis discourse right now. Um, <laughs> but why not let's pick that fight again i just i just am super uninterested in it at this moment (laughs) um but but it was nice to see kate cowell and and cole bassett um obviously bassett got the goal we'll talk about that in a second but before we talk about that why don't we talk to you about this i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons
2: Thank you, Blue Wire. Um, That was honestly the most seamless one he's done. Yeah, thanks,
3: man. Um, (laughs) I mean, just to watch you work is just... (laughs) It's a real pleasure, isn't it? I could be in person.
2: (laughs) Let me tell you. So, um,
0: Cole Bassett Hound. See? Bassett Hound, that's a nickname. Oh, that's great. We've got uh, Cole Bassett Hound. We've got Simon Cade Cowell. Oh, God. That one was bad. That one was bad, but... but Yes, and the first
2: one wasn't. I like just naming all of our midfields for law firms. I think that's the funniest thing we can do. Paxton, Paxton, and Cowell. See, that's fine.
3: Um, I mean, of, of the terrifying dog species, the uh, the Basset Hound. You yeah. know, he's there. <laughs> he's there.
2: As somebody who's had part Basset Hound before, they uh, they bigger fans than naps. Big nappers. <laughs> And you know, like that's, that's who can't fine. appreciate a nap, uh,
0: and also hound, like, like Basset Hound, because like hound as a verb means to be uh annoying, yeah, um, press press. So, okay, so Cole Basset Hound uh found the back of the net, um, on a uh, really on a on a Jonathan Gomez um Good shot, shot. They, they they came off pretty well, um, so. I I thought Bassett was good. I've, I've said before, I think I said on, on Sam's uh, YouTube, which everybody here should listen to uh, and subscribe to, uh, but we'll get there uh, that Cole Bassett is, is one of the players who I'm most interested to see as he progresses um, and, and to see if he can be part of the, um, the, of the team moving forward. Um, So a number of players didn't play in including um, three players who I was pretty excited about. Um, So I don't know if they had bad camps or if they, if it just didn't work out, but, um, obviously we didn't see, uh, Taylor Booth, Justin Shea, uh, Caden Clark, as well as, um, Kobe Henry, who I didn't think we were going to see and Gabriel Slonina, who also, I didn't think we would see Aaron long didn't dress. I, I think he's still recovering. Um, so that's, he's
2: only he like nine months out. I think. Yeah.
0: He's nine, he's nine months out of a, out of an Achilles surgery. I think that it's just trying to get him, get him to rehab. But, um, Sam of, of those players who didn't play, were, were you specifically, uh,
3: disappointed you didn't see any of them yeah yeah I really wanted to see Caden Clark I would have loved to see him uh in that in a midfield position or even as one of the uh the wingers or whatever he could get on the field I I wanted to see him at that level um admittedly I don't think that what Caden Clark whatever he would have done in that game would not have been as relevant as what the next three months for Caden Clark are going to be like that's going to be the real test and that same thing could be said for just about all these players. So, uh, you know, we don't know. Maybe he didn't look good in camp. Maybe um maybe he was asked by his club not to participate because he's about to make a move, which would make a ton of sense, right? Like yeah. Uh if you're about to make the biggest move of your life, uh please don't get injured playing against Bosnia Herzegovina in a nothing friendly for no reason. Like 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 Kellan Acosta almost did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly. I mean, I, I hate, I hate red cards in a friendly, especially yeah. one like last night, because that's the game is supposed to like be teaching you something and whenever you get a red card and now the other team's down 10 men, like now, like a lot of that goes out the window. So a, a lot of what we, the whole reason we were playing this game goes out the window because that dude made just a awful, awful tackle. Um, so while, like, studs up to the ankle, like, I can see that being a red card. I was frustrated that it was a red card, but whatever. Uh, I digress. I thought the – the there was a comment going
0: around um, last night on Twitter where someone was like, you just need the ability to decline the penalty. Like, other sports have declining penalties. Like, uh, you know, obviously American football can. Um, so, like, we should have just been able to be like, look, we're cool with that guy getting ejected. Like, w- we can targeting penalty this. You, you can give us, like, 15 yards additional on the free kick. Um, and you can get that guy ejected, but we want to play 11s. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Immediate substitution. That makes a lot of sense. I actually really like that. That's a, that's a great idea. I'm going to pass that along to, uh, I don't have any connections, but, uh, if I did. Yeah. So like, that's, that's how I think that they should, they should be able to do
0: that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was annoying. Um, but more annoying to me was, was the fact that, that Christian Roldan and Kellen Acosta played 90 minutes in this game um there's no reason for that i you know taylor booth being there you know unless unless it's a situation like you said where um the club asked him not to play in this game in which case like fine i i i know that there are certain people in in the usmnt uh fandom who think that that the national team trumps the club um but it it turns out that um we don't really pay all that well, and <laughs> pay is more important.
3: Well, I think the national team trumps the club in certain circumstances, but this was not one of those circumstances. Yeah. Friendlies,
0: uh, friendlies—the week before Christmas, uh, outside of a FIFA window against um, a U twenty-three Bosnia team—is is not, not really where we're going to like burn our cachet
3: with uh... especially if you're Caden Clark like of all the players on the field I mean Caden Clark and maybe Jonathan Gomez as well is in a similar situation where like you're you're literally about to make a move uh so yeah let's not let's not risk it for no reason at all
0: yeah and and Gomez got like look Gomez got got 10 minutes of cardio which is more the cardio that I got yesterday Um,
2: Uh, more intensive cardio.
0: More intensive. I think in his ten minutes was probably more intense than our two-hour stroll around the beach.
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, Gomez is interesting, man. Like for there's every now and then the uh, the fan base kind of canonizes a player just out out of nowhere and just kind of invents uh, every three months. (laughs) (laughs) Every three months, yeah, that's that's fair. And right now, Jonathan Gomez has kind of gotten canonized. You know, everybody's talking about him, like he's going to be the the left back of the national team in the World Cup and it's like then we just do this with Joe Scally. Yeah. Well, Joe Scally to be fair is doing it week in week out in one of the top leagues in the world against some of the top players in the world. So like I get the Joe Scally hype. That is completely fair. Now a USL guy who's about to make a transfer to play for a second division uh uh second tier Spanish uh, I'm trying to say, at a Spanish Mid-rate. academy that's in the second division is Mid-rate. not quite the same thing. <laughs> and, like, what I always talk about what is the path for that particular player to get into the national team. So if you consider our left-back depth chart as Anthony Robinson, the guy who's the incumbent, the guy who's, okay, he's had some shaky games, but he's also had some really good games, and he's been the most consistent left-back for, for our throughout uh qualifying then you have and sam also, vines also like the most consistent left back we've had like yeah in 20 years P- potentially ever <laughs> uh, so you have sam vines who's getting minutes uh for belgium who uh also has a few years on jonathan gomez and uh a little bit more f- familiarity uh you got george Bello, of course in that mix who uh although is not going to be too much of a hurdle did start over him in this game. Uh, and then you got Joe Scally, who we just mentioned, who can, who can fill in. So and like in Serginio order for. Dest.
1: Yeah.
3: And Serginio wow. Dust can potentially play left back as well. True. So like in order for Jonathan Gomez to uh, make the national team for either qualifying or for the world cup, like he's got to legitimately be better than some of those guys I just mentioned, like a bunch of those guys that I just mentioned. Uh, if the best case scenario is that our left depth, back depth chart is, uh, Anthony Robinson and Joe Scalley, like what does Jonathan Gomez genuinely have to do in order to like prove that he's better than those guys? And can he do it, uh, for his club? Like he would have to become the, the every game starter for the senior team for his club in a couple months. And not only that, like, look really good doing it, you know, yeah. look like a player who's on the up and up. So that's, that's putting a lot on that player.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think to be fair with, with him, I think that, at least from my point of view, he he's not a, a, a Qatar uh, option. He's yeah, an, that, he's a
3: 2026 guy. I, yeah. I think a big part of it is that he's also got Mexican eligibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's definitely. So we
0: people, get anxiety about that.
3: Yeah, they're, they're, that's a big thing. I think we have a, um, a, a lot of people in the fan base are uh, mexican American, so they always kind of lean towards uh, hyping up the Mexican kids, Uh, so that's part of it as well. And nobody wants to lose a prospect to your biggest rival, particularly after we lost a couple uh, recently. So that's part of it. But as far as, like, Jonathan Gomez actually impacting the national team ahead of 2022, I just – it's possible, but he's got to be very, very good very, very quickly in order to do it. And, and, and that's, and, and the way that you, you have to look at it is
0: like, if that happens, that's really cool for us. Like good, good for us, but like, we're not relying on it. I don't think Greg's relying on it. So it sort of is but it is. Um, But I think, I think that that's like a good lead into like the idea of like, who are we assessing? Are we assessing the player or are we assessing the, like the narrative around the player? Right. So this happens a lot with, to the negative with Leggett and Yule um, and to the positive with with Pepe was is the best example I can think of, where Pepe the narrative around him was he is a center f- uh, forward for the next twenty years. He's locked it in. He's the, and like he had a really really good game against Honduras. Um, Honduras isn't very good, you know. And and you look at what he's done elsewhere. It's like yeah, he's fine, but is he demonstrably better than any of the other options that we've rolled out there? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I
3: think that's the important part of the conversation. Is is he? better than the other options. And I think the answer is yes. I, I, the other options have been so irrelevant that uh, doing anything at all in the striker position, whether that's, you know, the, um, the hold up play, the the wall passes out into space for Tim Weah, like yeah. give us anything at all and you are ahead of the game. And I think even though Pepe hasn't, hasn't, uh, has slowed down in his scoring production, like he still manages to do something. And something is an improvement on what we've seen from the striker pool uh, in, in the last few months. So I think that he's still um, ahead of the game, although like if you compare him to like most quality strikers around the world, there's yeah. a little bit to be desired there.
0: Yeah, but you know what else we, we can do about things we desire is sometimes we can purchase them. Kroger fresh for
3: everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
2: How was that one? That was worse. Yeah. So, uh, you peaked early is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, like, like many, I, 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 peaked early, got a little excited and, and, and could not, could not finish with the, with the product, uh, quality and product. Um, Jordan Pifok had, had four goals today, uh, this morning. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but Did not no. Yeah, he had four goals today. Uh, one
2: he's of them was no a, longer
0: a young,
2: young no longer a young boy. Now he's a young man. He's a young man. <laughs> um,
3: that
2: was worse. That one was The bad.
3: puns are coming thick and fast this morning. Uh, <laughs> hey,
2: just like, never mind. Don't do that one. <laughs>
0: um, we'll see if I edit <laughs> that out. Let's see if I remember. Um, but, so anyway, so Jordan P. Folk is – uh, you know, just talking about Pepe and, and talking about like what does our center forward give us compared to what other center forwards could potentially give us. Um, obviously, you know we came into this uh, this qualifying round uh, thinking that it was Josh Sargent. Um, we've we've run through a number of options, all of them varying degrees of irrelevant. Yeah. So. You know, maybe look. I, I I like Ricardo Pepe. If we if Ricardo Pepe holds this down for the next 15 years because he's 19 years old, like cool, great, happy to do it. Um, but I think I think that uh, you know Jordan P. gives a lot in in a different way. I think that um, Josh Sargent, when he's played for the national team, I think he looks a lot better than when he plays for his club. Um, but he he has the yips. I mean, I, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about Josh Sargent, but um, that dude needs to like go to some sort of like meditation chamber and like refine his inner swag because it's gone
3: um and and he needs to he needs to figure that out i um, don't know what's going on yeah he needs he needs to do something witch doctor tarot cards i don't know what it is i think he some, needs to bring madam zaroni up the mountain somebody needs to walk through his house with some
0: incense yeah just like 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 various various exorcists and witch doctors just like going in and out like somebody Somebody's got to figure that one out. It's Um, so
3: weird seeing a player that like is so competent in the middle third, but once he crosses into the box, you know, it's like once he passes up the blue line, it's like he forgets like when there's a scoring opportunity, he just like forgets how to soccer at some point. Yeah. I mean,
0: he like, I I think what it is is it's like, um, it's like when you, when you don't think about how you're playing, like you can play fine. And then he's like, okay, I'm a center forward. Time to score. Shit. How do I do that? Do I kick? <laughs> do I what? How does my leg work? Oh, now the ball is rolled past me. Shit.
3: <laughs> and now he's developed this thing where uh, not only is he incapable in the final third, but like his teammates don't see him in the final third. Also, So yeah. like, he doesn't get passes for the uh, tap ins. So, and I, he I desperately needs one. He desperately needs a tap
0: in. Um, he, I like. There's a concept in basketball uh, about like you just need to see the ball go through, through the hoop a couple times. Um, and like, it, it, it'll be fine uh, for, for like, for guys who are, who are having trouble. Um, and Josh Sargent just needs to, to see the ball go into the back of the net a few times.
3: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Whenever you watch games, man, it, every now and then a team like will just score like an easy one and you're just watching it. Like, it's that easy. Like, why doesn't that ever, like, I mean, I, I watch Cristiano Ronaldo a lot and like, he scores amazing goals, but sometimes he scores goals that are just like gimmies, that are tap ins. And it's like, this dude is just magnetic. Like he just knows exactly where to be to, to make these happen. Uh, and, and with Josh is the opposite of that, whatever, whatever the opposite of, uh, of being a, a goal magnet is man. He, <laughs> wherever he needs to be, he is not in the same zip code. Uh, and, and it's just not happening. I, I I don't think that we need to compare Josh to Cristiano Ronaldo or spend too much time on the poor guy. We should be talking about the players that actually played. But yeah, it, it's fun to kind of kick him while he's down. <laughs> I mean, it's because it's
0: because he has so much trouble kicking himself. Oh, um.
3: So another guy with so much nickname potential. I mean, Sergeant. He's got the flowing red hair, like yeah. a player that you want on the national team for just all the the off field reasons. Uh, but just yeah. We I it together. I, Sergeant Ginger. Did did we did we we demoted him to Josh Corporal or Josh? Josh yeah, Josh
0: Corporal. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that's his his official name on this podcast. Um,
2: but that's a couple of weeks old though. He might be all the way down back down to private again. Bust him down to private. <laughs>
3: oh, last game whenever he stepped on the ball and fell down in the box, yeah. I was just yeah. oh,
2: Josh. <laughs>
3: Something like something
2: private would do.
0: Yeah, Josh. Private. Um, we're getting we're getting real close to Josh dishonorably discharged.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, Josh to get twin list. Josh He's about to be Josh championship.
2: <laughs> Yo, Josh, yeah, Josh. Josh National Guard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Josh, uh, two weekends a year or one weekend a month to two months a year. I like, did you guys just casually attack the National Guard <laughs> out of uh, nowhere? as has already been referenced in this episode, watched a lot of that 70s
2: show. Red Foreman's done a number on my psyche. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of
0: that. Um, so so I think, I think the only other thing, I don't know. Um, I think the only other thing that, that I really want to talk about, like in, in terms of this game itself, was um, I, I noticed that uh, at least once or twice, um, Matt Turner had trouble like catching the ball. Like, it would, like, go down, and then he would he would fall on it. Um, I, I, I'm mentioning that not because I think that it's a trend, but something that I just want to put out there, um, that he, he was having, like, a lot of trouble controlling the ball, and that's how, like, stupid, annoying tap-ins happen. Um, like, like the goal that we got? Yep. Yeah. Precisely that. That's, that's <laughs> precisely what I was thinking, um, is that, like, that could have happened um and probably not against this bosnia team but certainly not this bosnia team playing with 10 players but um i, th- I think it's something to note um i've seen i've i, I, I don't remember zach stefan doing it and i hadn't remembered matt turner doing it before before last night so um just something to note uh i i don't know that it's meaningful in any in any sort of fashion but it's 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 something to monitor i guess let's
3: let's get the hot takes out there where are you at in the uh in the goalie discussion so we uh i'm
0: I'm a hot hand, so whoever played last and didn't suck, I'm cool with um i think I think stumpy is is pretty solidly team Turner
3: but the issue is nobody sucked right right i, I don't I don't know that anybody's really ever sucked uh there was a a game of of
0: Ste has not okay looked
3: great <laughs> that, yeah, that's true more
0: often than not. Stefan had um, what was it? It was the, was it the Mexico qualifier where he had like just a horrendous first minute? No, it was the, it was the um,
2: uh, what was uh, it? No,
0: he had one game where it was like he had just like a horrendous first five minutes. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but but so so I'm I, at, at the moment I like Stefan because Stefan played well most recently. Um, so like I I don't feel the need to constantly switch them out. But if we went to goalie system like and just alternated them based on, um, honestly, location, I'd be totally fine with it. Like a college quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) It's like the
3: middle type thing.
0: Yeah. They, they do different things. We have different packages for them, you know, I like, like if you told me like, okay, we're, we're going to be playing Mexico and Azteca. Um, from my point of view, it's like, all right, that's a Matt Turner game. Yes. Um, because we're not gonna have the ball anyways. So screw it. Um, but it's like, oh, we're playing uh we're playing away in the snow against Canada, like, yeah, give me Zach Steffen because you know that ball's gonna be bouncing around, and we're gonna need somebody who's not gonna do something catastrophic with it, which matt Turner um has a, a penchant for doing That's
3: I a tend lot. to be uh I tend to be a Steffen guy right now just because of the intangibles that he brings, but I do feel like the discussion around Steffen – is a bit disingenuous. Like everybody talks about how, how good he is with the ball at his feet. And he is clearly better than Matt Turner. Like Matt Turner is not very good at all with the ball at his feet, but I don't think that Zach Stefan is like incredible with the ball at his feet. Uh, I, I hear a lot of people say that um, in order for the national team to be the best, we have to have a keeper that is uh, able to build from the back and I don't know man. I, I you tell me. I mean, have there been games where Zach Steffen's really been like great? Like he he offers a pass or two a game that are nice, that are aggressive and that break lines, but that's it. I mean, is that is that really what we're what we need to like Oh,
2: I would I mean I I would argue he's been actively bad at times and he was uh, even when he was playing for Manchester City in the uh was it Europa? No, FA Cup. Yeah. He did not looks strong. He looks like he's confused. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to position himself. It looks like the only thing he can do correctly is dribble the ball. So my, my point of view with it is that I actually don't think that he's going to make aggressive.
0: like, I don't want him for the aggressive line breakers. I don't, I don't really want him for like those, like really nice passes to the, to the flanked fullbacks. The reason I like him is that when the ball goes back to him, it doesn't stick. Like he doesn't have to like, like he can recycle the ball quickly. Um, which I think like, you know, you take defenses out of their structure. So like, maybe it works out better. Um, my, the reason I like Stefan at the moment and the reason why I, I, I think that he's, uh, a net positive, even when he's not the, the shot stopper that, uh, Turner is, is because I think that he, uh, provides much, much more clarity from the back in terms of, uh, his ability to control the defense. Turner seems timid yelling at people, which yeah. is like a, not a good quality to have as a, as a keeper. Like you, you need the ability to yell at your defenders. Um, and Turner seems less willing to do it than Stefan.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my thing as well. That's kind of where I'm at on it. And uh, I, I, I just, a lot of the discussion is, is, is disingenuous to me. Um, I, Wait, I don't you- like the idea that uh, if you're going to have the discussion, like only one can be good and the other has to be bad. Like, because that's not the case at all.
0: Um, what if and, I told you they were both varying degrees of mediocre, but just in different ways?
3: I think they're both varying degrees of good, but, okay, but in different ways. Um, I, I don't. I, I think they're both above average keepers. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, if you gave me the choice between uh, those guys and, and most of the keepers in Kaka'Kaf, like even, like I, I don't think Guillermo Ochoa is the keeper that he used to be, no. uh, I, you know, outside of maybe... Um, Let's see. Let, let's see. I saw the Andre Blake for Jamaica and, uh, Kayler Navas, of course, right. who's, who's the best keeper in the region. I mean, uh, those are two of the top guys. Uh, I, I don't even know who Canada's keeper is. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're very good keepers. And I think if Zach Steffen was playing regularly, um, he'd have this this wouldn't be as much of a discussion because i think a lot of those uh those yippy moments that he has would would probably be worked out because he's playing game in game out uh but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon he seems pretty content to uh to be at manchester city and pick up I'm, what what i'm assuming is a fairly large paycheck the bag uh, week in week out
0: yeah, yeah he's he's secured the bag and, and we are not going to uh criticize anybody for securing the bag um i think i think that the uh the, I think you're right about like, you know, a lot of the issues that he has are probably related to the amount that he plays or doesn't play. Um, I, I think in CONCACAF, um, Blake, like you said, Blake Navas, um, I, I think our goalie room, like, I, I don't know that our goalies, but our goalie room is the strongest in CONCACAF because if Navas goes down, it's a problem for Costa Rica, as we saw. Um, if memo, Choa goes down, they've got nothing. Um, you know, David Ochoa. Yeah. Our what? Our fourth, like would have been our fourth string guy. Probably not even at this point.
3: Um, I'm laughing because if a Mexican fan heard you say that if Ochoa goes down, they got nothing, they would fight you to the death. They've got this uh, young kid. What's his name? Oh God. It starts with an S. I forget what it is, but he started in that uh, that last friendly that uh, Julian Araujo started in. And it's just so amazing to me watching Mexico how they're able to produce like the same team year in and year out. Uh, like they just get the same players. It's almost like, uh, like for me, like watching Wisconsin football. Yeah. Uh, they just have the same team and they have the same running back. They've had the same running back for 30 years. Uh, Mexico has like, they, they brought in this young kid goalkeeper and he's got the long flowing hair and he. <laughs> makes very dramatic dives and stuff. And he just does all the things that every other Mexican keeper I've ever seen does. It's just amazing that they have this conveyor belt of players that, that do it. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't put him above uh Turner or Stefan, but uh, no. they, they do have guys that could step in. It's not like they're uh, the cupboards bare, even though they've been trotting out a bunch of like 36 and 38 year olds as backup keepers. Yeah. I,
0: all I'm hearing is that, uh, you just compared a backup, uh, the, the the Mexican um, goalie room to uh, Wisconsin's quarterback room, and um, if if their second best option is Jim Sorgi or Brooks Bollinger,
3: uh, fine, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm not going to challenge you with the uh, Wisconsin quarterbacks. <laughs> you, uh, you win. You yeah. Uh, and
0: and and here's 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 my my actual hot take to 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 conclude this. Memo Ochoa, Graham Mertz. Same guy. <laughs> Special thank you to Sam. Um, you can find Sam on, uh, on Twitter at Report Yank. Um, you, but more importantly, you can find him on his delightful and awesome YouTube channel, which is the Yank Report. Uh, Sam, you got anything coming up that, that you want the, the people to know about? I don't know, man.
3: Okay. Um, I do a lot of YouTube videos. I try to do two a week. Sometimes life gets hard. and I only do one a week. Sometimes it's, it's, it's one and a half. I, I don't know. We, we put out a lot of content. People, people seem to be watching it.
0: Okay. So, uh, so uh, you'll want to check out the two, sometimes one, sometimes three things that Sam does on the YouTube channel. It's uh it's great stuff. We, we really, really enjoy it. Um, for all of your worst Wisconsin quarterback takes, please make sure to add Stumpy at Mr. Mojo rising 89. Um, all of your worst takes go that way. Uh, you can find me uh, usually at the Mothership, which is at tls underscore and underscore tds. Um, we usually respond unless you do things that annoy us, and then we'll mute you. We don't block, but we will. Oh,
3: <laughs> I am launching a podcast. There this you is go. Breaking news that hasn't been announced yet.
0: Okay, so here for the first time ever. Oh my god, we have a scoop! We have a scoop. We are journalists. Uh, what What is the name of the podcast? Who are you with? What are you doing?
3: Uh, I've joined a podcast network that will be taking the uh, the Yank Report YouTube videos and converting them over to a podcast. So you'll be able to listen to the Yank Report as opposed to watch it, uh, which I think will be cool because I I don't think that I say too much that necessarily needs uh, visual aid, even though I do talk with my hands a lot, which people used to people used to like get mad at me in the comment section for talking with my hands. Can you put your hands down? People from Louisiana talk with their hands.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's fine. Um, So, so the the Yank Report will will be converted to podcast formatting. uh, So check that out.
3: Yeah, Um, at some point, I don't know when it's going to happen.
2: Probably the day we get our Instagram up and running,
3: which
0: is not yet uh, up and running, but it will be soon. So uh, check out the Yank Report podcast somewhere around the time that we uh, have our um, YouTube up and or our uh, Instagram Instagram up and running. Um, all so, the
3: places podcasts are sold.
0: Uh, Spotify, Apple, et cetera. Um, special thank you to our uh, sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decided to uh, put into this uh, episode. Um, and thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell uh, your local Wisconsin quarterback to like and subscribe and all that other fun stuff. Um, and we uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much and we'll see you next time.
1: Podcast
3: Network.